challenge to you and me as believers in Christ regarding our own state of thankfulness and how thankful we really are for things and, and to talk about that. I'd like you to turn to Ephesians 5. Our text this morning is verses 15 through 21. And so I'll be turning to many passages this morning, but I'd like you to keep your finger right here because we're going to keep coming back to it. So as we turn to other passages, you can flip back to this one because this is where we're really going to camp this morning. Ephesians 5, verse 15 says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, again, that it is powerful, it's sharp, it's living, and it really deals with who we are. Lord, we thank you that your word is timeless, that even in the year 2013, when we open these pages and we read them, you're speaking directly to us through it. Thank you, Father, that your word was inspired by you, breathed out of the very heart of God, and that you wrote exactly what you wanted us to hear and to know. And so as we study, as we preach, as we teach, as we learn from your word, I pray that we would accept it for what it really is, the word of God, and that we would allow your Holy Spirit to take your word, and put it into practice in our lives. Help us, Lord, as a result of what we hear this morning to be challenged in our own minds about how thankful we really are for the the things around us, for you, for our family, for the people that you've put into our lives, for the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And I ask that um, as a result of this, we would give you praise and honor, the honor that's due to your name. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Like I mentioned, thankfulness, I think, is one of those areas that we don't give a lot of thought to. Thanksgiving comes around once a year, and we talk about it. We have a service with Thanksgiving theme. We sing about it, have a little video about it, give sentences of praise. And so our minds are drawn to being thankful, and, and as they should, I think it's good for us to remind ourselves. And I'm glad we have this time of year, because it does. It brings us back to that point. Uh, where often we wouldn't be brought back to that point. Satan could say the same of other holidays that have specific themes that cause us to be reminded of the resurrection or the birth of Christ or other things for which we should be thankful. But this particular holiday, obviously, reminds us to be thankful for what we have. But as I evaluate my own life, and I'm just being honest with you, And I think we all, if we evaluate ourselves without judgment, we would say probably 
that much of what comes out of our mouth is negative. We're unhappy with things, and we let people know that we're unhappy with things. An unthankful heart, a complaining spirit, seems to be the order of the day for many people. Um, and there's a, just a lot of negativity, a lot of complaint that I hear, and you probably hear in your life. Not just amongst us as Christians, it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's the culture in which we live. People are happy to say what they don't like. Uh, the news is full of it. As you watch the news every day, we generally get the negative parts of what happens in society. And people complain about it, or politics, or whatever. You can bring it up, and people are complaining about this, that, or the other thing. Facebook has become a depository for complaints. Um, it's one reason I don't frequent Facebook much anymore, because I, I really was getting down uh, reading what people write, because it's just an easy way to complain without having anybody call you on it. It's like, oh, yeah, I know. Things are so bad. Me too. And we commiserate. And... Uh, it's not right. So what is thankfulness? I want to start there this morning. We'll, we'll unpack this passage as we, as we go through in Ephesians chapter 5, but I want to start just by asking, what do you think thankfulness is? Uh, we, we all know what it is, but if you were up in front of the class and the teacher said, well, what is it? What would you say? What is thankfulness? How do you define it? Well, I looked it up, and so I'll read a bunch of definitions and try to get our minds wrapped around this thought of thankfulness. Thankfulness is uh, being glad that something happened or that it didn't happen or that something or someone exists. Being glad. Um, being conscious of a benefit that's received. Being well-pleased. Warm, friendly feelings of gratitude, gratefulness, appreciativeness, an attitude of the heart from which you are aware of your blessings, uh, pleased that something unpleasant is no longer happening or didn't happen. So you get the idea that there's, the, it, there's a positive note here, being glad, warm, friendly, um, conscious of the good things around you, conscious that the bad things don't continue. It's, it's, it's a gladness of heart. And it really is a heart issue, and we'll talk about that in a minute. On the flip side, what is complaint? The opposite of thankfulness or unthankfulness. I don't, is unthankfulness a word? As I was typing this up, Microsoft Word didn't like unthankfulness. It kept trying to uh, say that it, you know, that little red squiggly underline that says the word is spelled wrong. I added it to the dictionary because I like the word. I think it's, maybe it's not a word. Ungratefulness is a word. But unthankfulness somehow didn't show up there. So what is complaint or unthankfulness? A statement that a situation is unsatisfactory or unacceptable. It's an expression of pain, dissatisfaction, or resentment. A statement that you're unhappy, not satisfied with something. An expression of grief, pain, dissatisfaction, a grievance. So you get the idea. It's, it's negative. It's a negative thought, a negative feeling toward your circumstances or another person, and a statement of that unsatisfied spirit. Unhappy. Thankfulness, however, is more than a statement. Now, we teach our kids from day one to say please and thank you. It's proper. It's etiquette. And we can say thank you 
and we can give an expression of thanks when, in fact, our hearts are not thankful. True? So thankfulness goes more than, it goes deeper than just what we say. It is, it's possible to say something and not be a reality in the heart. Thankfulness actually flows from, and this is true for, I believe, believers and unbelievers. Thankfulness actually flows from a biblical worldview. And even though, you know, I, I understand a non-Christian would not have a, a biblical worldview, but think about this with me as, you, um, as we consider what thankfulness is. Ask yourself a few questions. Who created everything? Do you believe that? Okay, we do. We say we believe it. That's, that's what we believe. It's our biblical worldview. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who created you? Okay. We came from our parents. Who came from their parents? Who came from Adam? Who came from God? So ultimately, our existence on this earth was by design. God put us here. He created us. Do you believe that? Okay. Um, who's in control of everything that happens on this earth? All right, we say that tritely. We say it quickly. But ultimately, if God is sovereign, which he claims to be in his word, then everything that happens, sinful and non-sinful alike, everything that happens is decreed by God and is under the umbrella of his sovereignty, and he is in control, ultimately, of it. Do you believe that? Okay, I do. The older I get, the more I believe it. It's just nothing else really makes sense to me other than to understand that God controls it all. So God creates everything. He created you, and he is in control of everything. So let me ask you this now. Is God good or bad? Is he good? Again, we say that. My question to you is, do you believe it? If, is God good? In spite of all of the evil, bad things that we see around us every day, is God good? Yes, we maintain that he is. The scriptures claim that he is good. There is no evil in God. He cannot sin. He cannot lie. Um, he, is, he is righteous altogether. Is he kind or unkind? This goes beyond just innate goodness. When he expresses his goodness, does it come out as kindness or unkindness toward us? His loving kindness endures forever. God is kind. He is not unkind. He's fair and just. Okay. Does he know everything or not? If he's sovereign, he does. I've heard it put the... the the omniscience of God or the fact that he knows everything could be said this way. God knows everything there is to know in one act of knowing. He doesn't study. He doesn't learn. He knows. There's, there's nothing for him to learn. He, he, his mind, the mind of God, encompasses every possible thought that there is to think in one moment of time. God is amazing. And he knows everything. And so if he knows everything, he knows my circumstances. So think it through. If we believe that God is the creator and he made us and he's in control of all of our circumstances and yet we believe that he is good and kind and knows everything, what's the natural result? How do we respond to God and our circumstances in life? Thankfulness. Thankfulness is a natural result of our theology. What we believe, our biblical worldview. 
So the question comes then, why are we not always thankful? What is it that causes unthankfulness? My word. Okay. Could be a few things. One, maybe we don't really believe what we say we believe. I've had to question myself many, many times on what I believe, and probably you have too. Do I really believe this? Especially when circumstances become difficult. Do I really believe that God is good? This has happened to me. Do I really believe that God is kind? And those circumstances can strengthen our faith and our belief, our resolve in our theology and what we believe about God. It's true. But maybe we don't. Maybe people say one thing, but they really in their heart don't grasp it, don't get it, and they, they don't really believe what they say. That, that could be a challenge for us this morning. Do you believe what you say you believe in your heart? Or two, maybe we as Christians just have a hard time trusting. We have a hard time trusting God. We believe that he's good. We believe that he's kind and that he knows everything. And yet it's hard for us to let him work. And we don't trust the way that we should. Or maybe we're not walking in the spirit. We're walking in the flesh. We know that as Christians, we have an old nature, the flesh, that continues to operate in our bodies and in our minds. Uh, Romans 6 talks about that. Galatians 5 talks about that. Ephesians 4 talks about that. Many places in the New Testament talks about the old nature versus the new. Put off the old man, put on the new man. And descriptions are given of each. And what's part of the description of the old man? Pride, arrogance, and unthankfulness. And so that's where it comes from. Um, so why is it really that important? You know, to, to dedicate a whole message on a Sunday morning to being thankful, is it really that important? I mean, if I walk through this life and I'm not thankful, is it going to make that big of a difference? It really does. And I hope by the end, as we've walked through this, that you'll see it too. It's a huge part of our Christian life. It is a huge part of our testimony, and it can be the very thing that will give you an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. Or it could be the very thing that will kill your opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. And we'll explain that as we go through. So let's go back to Ephesians 5. Why is thankfulness so important? Now, in this passage, verses 15 through 21, we're going to look at each phrase in the passage and go through. But I want you to note that in verse 20 is the phrase that we're looking at. Giving thanks always, or always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to see the context in which this phrase appears and how it relates to all these other phrases in, in the passage. Okay? So number one, why is giving thanks or being thankful so important? First, giving thanks is important because it is a part of our walk with God. If you look at verse 15, he says, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Our walk is our life, it's our behavior, it's, it's how we live, it's the things we say and the things we do, the places we go, it's our life as it's characterized on this earth, is our walk. And he says, be careful how you walk, and just a few phrases later he says, give thanks. Always give thanks. And so giving thanks is 
a part of our Christian walk. And what does he say in verse 15? Be careful. Give thought to it. If you're careful about something, you're paying attention to it. If you're careful about something, you're thinking about it and making sure, you know, some of the warnings that we get on packaging or on the road or whatever, if it says be careful, what are you going to do? All right, there's a danger here. Something could affect me negatively, so I'm going to I'm going to learn about it and make sure that I don't get into it. Be careful. Give it thought. And this is the whole idea. Give thought to your walk with God. And a part of giving thought to your walk with God is giving thought to being thankful. We should be aware that the call to be thankful is all over the scriptures. I mean, I could spend the rest of the time just reading scriptures with you, but look at a couple of them with me. In Psalm 106. Verse 1 says, praise the Lord, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. There's our theology and practice again. We believe that God is good, and so we're going to give thanks to his name. It, it flows naturally out of an understanding of God's goodness. But it's in the form of a command. This is something that God requires of us. Give thanks. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Flip over to the next chapter, 107, verse 1. Same idea. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And again, we understand that God is good and kind, and so we are commanded to give thanks as a result of that. Um, the Psalm 100 that we just read together as a congregation, verse 4, says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. And there are hundreds of verses we could go to that are commands for us as children of God to be thankful. It's not an option. And even in the New Testament, if you, um, again, keep your finger in Ephesians, but go to Colossians 3.15. It's not just the Psalms, not just an Old Testament command or a part of the law. But look at Colossians 3, verse 15. He says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So, as a part of our walk, we need to consider this. This is part of what God has called us to. It's not an optional thing for a Christian. We need to be thankful. We ought to be thankful. It's a moral calling of God in our life. And there's plenty of examples of it in the New Testament that God has given. Uh, Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, said... I, he told the Philippians, I want you to look at my life and imitate me. The things that you have learned and heard and seen in me do. And so what was part of that imitation that Paul was calling for the Philippian church to do? Um, take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1. In verse 2, Paul often addressed his letters this way, but this was, again, a part of his life. He says in verse 2, We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers. Was Paul a thankful person? Yes, he was. Did he thank God for who God was, for his salvation, for people? Yes, he did, and he, and he expressed it in his letters. 
Um, If you turn to Philippians chapter 1, same thing. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine. Okay, so Paul, as a part of his example, he called the Philippians to watch him, learn of him, the things that they heard him say and the things they saw him do in his life, these things I want you to repeat and do. And Paul often was thankful and stated it that way. Not only for people, but uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Great resurrection chapter where Paul gets very detailed about um, the resurrected body of the believer. Christ was raised from the dead. He was the first fruits. We are going to um, be raised because of his resurrection. And at the end of all this, he says in verse 55, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But... Here's his next phrase. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul often he used these phrases of expressions of thanks. And so it was a part of his walk. And God calls us to remember that thankfulness, giving thanks always for all things, is a part of our walk with him. Second, giving thanks is an evidence of wisdom. He says in verse 15 back there in Ephesians 5, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. And so being thankful is not only a calling of God to be a part of our walk, but it shows that you are a wise person. Uh, For wisdom, where do we go? We go to God, and where's the best chapter or book in the Bible to find the wisdom of God? Proverbs. Does Proverbs say anything about a thankful heart? Yes? Um, Proverbs 15, 15. Let's take a look at that verse. More in an indirect way, but still saying the same thing. In Proverbs 15, 15, we see all the days of the afflicted are bad. It's a general statement. But... A cheerful heart has a continual feast. What did we say a definition of thankfulness was? Being glad, glad for your blessings, glad for the people around you, recognizing the blessing of God in your life. What was the opposite of that? A complaining spirit is a grievance, an expression of pain or unhappiness or dissatisfaction. So think of it. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but... A cheerful heart has a continual feast. So part of our fear of God and our growth in wisdom is to understand that thankfulness is being wise. It's a wise thing to be thankful. How do you view yourself? Do you view yourself as afflicted? My life is awful. I can't stand my life. I don't like the people around me. 
I don't like the president. I don't like my car. Wish I had a bigger house. On and on. Are we afflicted? Well, if that's how you think, guess how your days are going to be? All the days of the afflicted are bad, having a bad day. Of course you are. But a cheerful heart is a continual feast. What's better than eating? I don't know, maybe a few things in this life. But if you're really hungry, there's not too much better and having a real good meal with friends and family and sitting around and enjoying eating together, that's, that's really almost the pinnacle of life, isn't it? I don't know. I'm sure there are other things that you would put on top of that, but when it comes down to it, what are we working for? It's fellowship with people and, and sitting around the table and eating. That's, this is a great thing. It really is. A, a thankful heart, or as it says in Proverbs 15, a cheerful heart is what? It has a continual feast. It's like you're eating all the time. Whatever you want, no worries. Enjoy, right? So how do you view yourself? Do you view yourself as afflicted and you complain, or do you see the blessing of God in your life and you recount those things and your heart is cheerful? Um, flip over one book to Ecclesiastes. Chapter 7. Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastes, so we're still in the wisdom books here. Remember, he says in Ephesians, don't be unwise, but be wise. Ephesians 7.14 says, in the day of prosperity, be happy. That's easy. When you have a prosperous day, when you get the check in the mail, when your car starts up, when everything is flowing the way that it should flow according to whatever you think the way it should flow, be happy. Be happy for those days. Of course we should. Enjoy life when it's running the right way. But then he says, but in the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other. So what's he saying? In the day of prosperity, be happy, but in the day of adversity, complain? No, just the opposite. Remind yourself that in the day of prosperity, God is blessing. In the day of adversity, God made that day too. And all things do work together for good to those who are the called according to his purpose, just like uh, Bill talked about last week. Right? So how do we respond? Give th giving thanks is a part of our walk. It's also an evidence that we are walking in wisdom. Third, back to Ephesians 5, verse 16. Giving thanks is important because our days are short. It says in verse 16, make the most of your time because the days are evil. And there are some in different interpretations about what that phrase means, the evil days. Um, we could go back to Ecclesiastes for that one. And... When he talks about the evil days coming, he's talking about us in our old age. That our time is short, our bodies are growing old and weaker. And so use the time that you have and the strength that you have while you can. 
The evil days may also refer to um, the persecution that was going on in and around Rome and Jerusalem during the time of the early church. And so Paul could have been referring to that when he said, make the most of your time because the days are evil, meaning you could lose your life in this, in this era in which we live. You're professing Christ and um, the leadership of the, Jew, of the Jews and even of Rome were attacking and pursuing Christians. We know Paul was a part of that as he was seeking out those whom he could, he could persecute on the road to Damascus. Um, and so he may have been referring to the persecution there in the days of evil. Or maybe we could just consider it that the day in which we live is evil. Evil, lots of evil is being practiced around us. And so whichever way you think of it, it really doesn't matter. The point is, consider your days. Make the most of your time. What legacy are we going to leave behind? What will be written on your gravestone? What kind of a person am I? How do people view me? How do they see me? Um, how do we want to be remembered? And when it comes to this idea of thankfulness, that's a big deal. Because there are people that I know and that you know, the first thing that comes to mind, what kind of a person are they? They complain about everything. They're a negative person. They're a complainer. I, I don't want to be known as that. I don't think you would either. Um, so make the most of our time. Will we regret the decisions that we make now when we're gone or later on in life? How will our life have impacted those around us? Um, and even thinking in terms of the days are evil, keep your finger there and turn to 2 Timothy 3. When Paul talks about the last days and the people who are living in the last days, here's the description that he gives. And right in the middle of that description is the word ungrateful. So think through it with me. He says, realize this. This is 2 Timothy 3.1. That in the last days, difficult times will come. For men, and this is not every man, this is culture in general, this is how you could describe society in the last days. For men, in general, will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, and what? Ungrateful. So ungratefulness is in our culture. It's a part of our culture. You know that. Things we read, things we hear people say, it's just, it's, it's in in to be unthankful and complaining about things. It's the way people are. So think about your life again. Paul says, make the most of your time. Back in Ephesians 5.16. Make the most of your time. What's he mean by that? Think about the days that you have and do what's right. You can't get them back. Consider what God would have you to do and how God would have you to live and what God would have you to say now because we only get one chance at this. Our lives are, they have an, a beginning day and they have an ending day. God knows the beginning day and God knows the ending day. And in between, we've got so many days. And that's it. Life is short. How are you going to live it? If we live in a society where unthankfulness is the rule, how much of a testimony can you be simply by being thankful? Pretty big. 
because people are going to recognize you are different. You're not a complainer like everybody else. Everybody in the workplace is complaining about the boss, but not you. You won't, you won't get caught up in it. And in fact, they hear positive things coming from you. What are you talking about? How can you, be, how can you say that? I love God. Jesus Christ is my Savior, and he's changed me from the inside. I have a new heart, and I'm thankful for these things. What, really? What a blessing that could be just by being thankful. You could be a huge testimony in this world. So consider your days, because the days are short. Verse 17, here's another one. Giving thanks is important because it is the will of God. It is the will of God. Now, we could talk a lot about the will of God this morning. I won't get too deep into it, but I want you to consider at least two different aspects to the will of God because um, it does get a little complicated as you start thinking about God's will. There's one aspect of the will of God that we could call his sovereign will. What God decrees will happen. He is overall, we talked about that earlier, part of our theology, our understanding of God is that he is in control of all things. And what God says will come to pass. That is the sovereign will of God. There's another part of the will of God that he expresses as his want or his desire. Um, it's usually in the form of a precept, a rule, or, or something like that. So we could call it the um, preceptive, is the word I came up with, the preceptive will of God, where he expresses, for example, in 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, he says, oh, let me turn there so I don't get it wrong, 1 Timothy 2, 4. Um, put it in its context back in verse 1. Paul says to Timothy, I'm urging you that entreaties, prayers, and petitions, and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, especially for kings and those who are in authority, that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved. That's the expressed will of God, the expressed desire of God that he shares in this verse is that he wants all men to come to know him. Do all men come to know him? No. So is God unable to keep his will? No. I'm just saying there's, there's aspects of God's will that we need to understand as it's revealed in the Bible. There's the, the overall sovereign will of God, but there's also the, pre the preceptive will of God or the expressed will of God that comes out in the form of a desire. God desires that we don't sin, but we do. Okay? There, there's things that God desires, but they don't necessarily happen. And so God has expressed as a part of his preceptive will for us that we be thankful. Go back to Ephesians 5 again. He says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And in that passage, down in verse 20, what have we got? Giving thanks always for all things. This is a part of God's will. Um, Probably the verse that expresses it the best is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's a short verse. It's easy to memorize. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So it's important to be thankful because it is the will of God. It's the expressed will of God. Um, 
And we could go back at this point and read all the commands in the Bible that says to be thankful. Every time you're reading a command, you're reading the expressed will of God. This is what he desires. This is what he wants. And so it's important for us to realize that and to be thankful because of it. So thankfulness, being thankful, it's a part of our walk with God. It's an evidence that we are wise. It's important because our days are short and we need to be thankful in order to be a testimony in this, in this world around us. Um, it is the will of God. Fifthly, it's an evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Look at verse 18. He says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. In our class in uh, the school, I teach the ninth and 10th grade Bible class. We're going through the book of Acts, and we just covered chapter 2, where the Spirit of God, the promise of the Holy Spirit, was fulfilled in the lives of the disciples. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came, and there was a sound of a great rushing wind, and there were uh, tongues as of fire that, that rested on them, over them, and they were all filled with the Spirit of God, and they began to speak in tongues, in other tongues, and all the men who had gathered from different nations around them in Jerusalem heard the Word of God preached in their own language. There were miracles going on, miraculous things happening. And here in Ephesians 5, we have the command to be filled with the Spirit. And as I taught the class, I, I mentioned to the kids, there's a difference between the baptism of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit. The baptism of the Spirit is a one-time event that happens the moment that you are saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, For we all by one Spirit have been baptized into one body. So if you're a Christian, you've been baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, and that's already happened. Uh, Romans chapter 6, Paul says, don't you know that you have been baptized into his body? And uh, so it, that, that has already happened. But the filling of the Spirit, it's a recurring event. It's not a given. You as a Christian may or may not be filled with the Spirit this moment. And how do we know if we are? Well, Paul gives us a few evidences here of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, we can get a little bit of a clue just by the illustration that he uses, where he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So if we think about drinking and drunkenness, what happens? When a person consumes alcohol, he gives control of his body, his mind, his judgment to the alcohol. You hear people who have gotten so drunk that they can't even remember what they said or remember what they did. Uh, you watch people who are drinking and they, they over time will lose control of their, of their body. They'll lose control of their decision making, lose control of what they say. Um, and so it's all about control. This is, this is the illustration that Paul is giving. So he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So if being drunk with wine is yielding control of all of your faculties to the alcohol, what is being filled with the Spirit? It's the same thing. It's yielding control of all of your faculties to the Spirit of God, to let him live in you and through you. And what is the result of that? In the book of Acts, it's interesting, you can follow this through. Every time it mentions, and they were filled with the Spirit, there's something that happens immediately following. Anybody know what it is? Speaking. Look for it. 
Look for the filling of the Spirit in the book of Acts. Every single time Peter was filled with the Spirit, he spoke to them. The disciples were filled with the Spirit. They began to speak. And what's it say here? Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Oh, speaking to one another. So as we are filled with the Spirit, one of the evidences that God is there, that he is filling us with his Spirit, is that we're going to speak to one another in a very particular way. And he says in the rest of the verse, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord and giving thanks. Giving thanks is an evidence that you are filled with the Spirit. To yield control of your life to God will result in a thankful heart. And it will come out in what we say. It will come out in what we sing. It'll come out in our heart, making melody in our heart to the Lord. In verse 20, we come to our phrase, giving thanks always, or always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, keeping in mind the context here, what's the next phrase immediately following giving thanks? It's in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What else are we to do in the name of Christ? Pray. That's why we end our prayers in Jesus' name, amen. Most of us do anyway. We are to pray in the name of Christ. Anything that we do, really, in the name of Jesus, you stop and think about it. Anything that I do, if I'm doing this in the name of Christ, what am I doing? I'm doing it for him, because of him, and to praise him, to, to worship him. So whatever I do in the name of Jesus Christ is worship, ultimately. I'm doing it because of him and for him. And so how does he phrase it here? Always giving thanks for all things. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So think of it as worship. Being thankful, having a thankful heart is actually part of our worship experience. And when we are thankful, we are either directly by saying thank you to God, or indirectly, by praising him for something else, worshiping him. Rescribing God praise for what he's doing in our lives. So in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And who is the thanks always to go to? Obviously, to God. Ultimately, when you give thanks to someone, who are you thanking? You're thanking God. So even saying thank you, people say thank you to me. I've said thank you to you. You've had people say thank you to you. Ultimately, if you're saying thank you to somebody for a gift or for a kindness that you've received or just saying thank you for being who you are, whatever it is, all of that is ultimately directed to God. It's a worship of God to say thank you because ultimately you're recognizing God did this through this person. God's sovereign. We, we already went over that. It's a, it's, your theology is coming out in how you live, being thankful. So let me recap and we'll do one more and we'll end this. Giving thanks is important because it's a part of our walk. Be careful how you walk. Giving thanks is an evidence that you are a wise person. Don't be unwise, but wise. Giving thanks is important because our days are short. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. Giving thanks is the will of God. 
for you and for me. Um, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Giving thanks is an evidence of being filled with the Spirit, which we all desire. Don't be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, singing, and giving thanks. Giving thanks is worship, because we're recognizing that we're, we're doing this in the name of Jesus Christ to God himself, even the Father. And then lastly, giving thanks shows our submission to God. Um, to be truly thankful, stop and think about it. To be truly thankful for something requires humility. You cannot say thank you without being humble. The opposite of humility is pride and arrogance. Pride says, I know better, I am better. Arrogance is to put yourself above someone else or ultimately above God. So if you go back to 2 Timothy 3, where you read the description of people in the last days, what preceded ungratefulness? Pride, arrogance. There it is. And so being thankful requires us. You can't be thankful without being humble or submissive to God. And so again, as, as he gives evidence of being filled with the Spirit, it's speaking to one another, singing and making melody, giving thanks. And then what's the last one in verse 21? Being subject to one another. They flow together. They go hand in hand. To be unthankful is to raise ourselves up above God. This is, this is critical. This is why I say this is one of those respectable sins. We don't give it a lot of thought, but if you stop and think about it, it's a horrible thing. To be ungrateful, to be unthankful, or to complain about what's happening, in a sense, you're, you're putting yourself above God. God, I, I disagree with what you're doing. You shouldn't have done that. And we would never say that. But that's what we think. That's, that's why the words come out the way they do. An arrogant person cannot be thankful. Only a humble person can be. It's an evidence of God working in your life. To be unthankful is to raise ourselves up above God, to think our way is better, our thoughts are better. Unthankfulness naturally casts judgment on something or someone or God himself. To be thankful is to submit to God. It's to submit to his will, to submit to his kindness, to submit to him. And then ultimately it's expressed in our submission to one another. So there's some thoughts this morning about thankfulness. I hope it's been helpful to you. Uh, it's a great passage uh, in Ephesians chapter 5. And I hope that as we consider what God would have us to do as his people, that we will um, be a thankful people. It's the way we should be. So let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to be together today. Just want to praise you for your word and the way that it teaches us. I pray during this season, this time, this week, as we anticipate the holiday of Thanksgiving, that we would be reminded of how important it is for us to be a thankful people, to be a thankful person, to not be a complainer. I pray, Lord, that we would realize some of these truths that we've recognized this morning, that this is your will. It's part of your calling in our life. We're commanded to do this. It shows wisdom and the filling of the Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that um, 
we would consider this deeply before you and that it would change the way that we talk. It would change the way that we live so that we can better serve. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.